بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد کریم اما بات الحمد للہ چنائی از دا ٹوینٹی آف اوگسٹ ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی subject in our glorious deen and that is with regards to our beloved messenger so the last thing I mentioned was the reports about the holy prophet Musa and the report mentions that when he got angry smoke would literally come out of his cup and the hair of his body lifted up his shirt and then when it mentions in a report that when the angel of death came to him, he argued with the angel and he said, is it from my mouth that you will take my soul when I have spoken with my Lord? Or is it from my ear when I have heard the words of my Lord? Or from my hand which has clasped the tablets? Or from my foot by which I stood before him on Mount Sinai? Or from my eye, when my face shone by his light. And then the angel of death I mentioned returned, unable to respond. And Allah Ta'ala then mentioned in the famous report, the option given to Musa So with regards to Musa he was greatly troubled by his own people. And the reason we know this is because our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when someone questioned him about distribution of spoils, Rahimallahu Musa Qad oothiya bi akthara min hadha fasabar May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon Musa alayhi salatu wa salam Indeed he was harmed with more than this yet he remained patient. This is in Sayyih Bukhari number 3150 4366 Sayyih Muslim, number 1062. Riyadh al-Saliheen, number 42. So, who was this person who questioned the spells? Another report mentions it was the father of the Khawarij. He was showed justice. So the Prophet got troubled over this, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But then he remembered Musa, sallallahu alayhi wa And what did he say? He made a dua for him. He goes, Rahimallahu Musa. May Allah subhanahu wa have mercy upon Musa. Then he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, He was harmed with more than this. But he was patient. Meaning I've been troubled. But he was troubled far more. And he was patient. Meaning I will be patient. And of course, the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned that Musa benefited us. Because the prayers went down from 50 obligatory prayers a day to five. And this was solely because of Musa. Because the Prophet kept coming back to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he goes, go back. He goes, your ummah will not be able to, you know, handle the press. So the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, acknowledged this. He goes, Musa helped you. So look how interesting. He has, we have a special affection for him, alayhi salatu wa sallam. So let's return back to the matter at hand. Our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his mere touch was truly unparalleled. For instance, in Ganzul Umal, number 36,876, or volume 13, page 
Sayyidina Jabir ibn Samura radiyallahu he said when children would pass by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he would then affectionately pat one cheek or some both cheeks with love and affection mm. once when i passed by him he stroked one of my cheeks mm. subhanallah the cheek which he stroked there upon grew more beautiful than the other cheek so jabir ibn samura he was a child when the prophet passed away sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was a young very young companion of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he said rasulullah sunnah was he would you know affectionately hold the cheek of children and he goes once he stroked one of my cheeks and he goes subhanallah he goes that cheek was always more beautiful than the other so this is a strange statement because we haven't seen jabir cheeks aren't usually what you look at but he said and the people noticed that this cheek was better than the other because that was because of rasulullah's touch sallallahu alaihi wasallam similarly asid ibn abi unas radiyallahu said once rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam passed his hand over my face and chest subhanallah by its virtue whenever i now go into any darkened dwelling it illuminates this is an ibn asakir in his tarikh dimishq 2020-21 kanzul umal 15-253 imam sayyuti in his al-khasais al-kubra volume 2 page 142 so he became literally a source of light why would asid ibn abi unas why did he become a source of light and he put it down to rasulullah's touch because he touched my face and my chest and he goes by its virtue i go into a darkened dwelling because it would illuminate <laughs> so now why is that strange if that was the touch of rasulullah which he by the you know the grace of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it passed on to asid then what about rasulullah himself <laughs> so why do we you know even question is incredible news if a sahaba enters a dark dwelling and it lightens up that's not the prophet that's a sahaba it was the touch of rasulullah which caused that then what about the man himself sallallahu alaihi wasallam indeed our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he would often supplicate for those most fortunate youngsters for instance hafiz ibn hajar asqalani rahmatullah in his al isaba number 6227 or volume 5 page 29 he relates when sayyidina abdul rahman ibn zaid ibn al khattab radiyallahu anhu was born his maternal grandfather sayyidina lobab abu lobaba radiyallahu wrapped him in a piece of cloth and brought him to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so let's clarify so who is the child the child is the son of zaid ibn al khattab who zaid ibn al khattab zaid ibn al khattab is umar radiyallahu's older brother so umar radiyallahu's older brother was zaid he was blessed with a son he called him abdul rahman because this is a name beloved to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but he was so small that his grandfather so who is his grandfather so the son's father is zaid his mother's father is abu lobab so his maternal grandfather abu lobab 
wrapped his grandson in a very small piece of cloth he brought him to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said ya rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam i have not seen an infant with such a small body rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam thereupon performed tahnik for him he chewed on a date took some of the juice and he placed the juice into the child's mouth then he stroked his head and supplicated for him to be blessed subhanallah when sayyidina abdul rahman ibn zaid radiyallahu anhu would later stand amongst others of the tribe he would appear to be the tallest amongst them <laughs> so let's look at this so the only way we can probably understand this the child like you get a premature child that's put into an incubator you know very small so obviously it wasn't that small but it was a very small child maybe he was born prematurely so obviously the grandfather and look how you know honorable they asked he didn't say ya rasulullah look my grandson is he looks like he's ill could you make a dua for him look at the way he asked he goes i have not seen an infant with such a small body so what i'm telling you when they talk to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they talk with the best words so meaning he's hinting that my son needs a dua did he ask for tahnik no did he ask for a dua yes did he ask for the blessings of the prophet's hand the prophet is in his generosity so tahnik is a sunnah so when a newborn before it has any milk anything you get a date you chew it and take some of the juice from your mouth and you put it into the child's mouth this is a sunnah and also is proven scientifically to be very beneficial because when a child is born before it's born it's completely relying upon the umbilical cord of the mother but when the child is born it now has to use his own bodily organs at that time it's a very dangerous time for the child so to kick start the entire process what better than some sugar so what did the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam do he got date juice put it into the child's mouth so the system so again this is again there's no such thing as a redundant sunnah if it looks strange they haven't got scientifically to the understanding of it what tahnik he did secondly the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam blessed stroked his head then he made dua so when abdul rahman grew up he wasn't the tallest so don't think he was 8 foot 6 the report says when he would stand he would appear to be the tallest now why is that fascinating that's rasulullah rasulullah the hadith says he was neither tall nor short but one of the miracles of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is that nobody would be taller than him so even though there was maybe a giant there he looked taller even though he wasn't taller so this seems to be the case for abdul rahman ibn zaid ibn al khattab who was the uncle of abdul rahman is that's brother umar and what do we know about umar he would tower over people so what's interesting i don't know who would be taller between the nephew and the uncle so physically it would be umar but maybe because of the dua of the prophet his nephew would look taller than the other thing to mention about the honorable father zaid ibn al khattab hafiz ibn hajar asqalani rahmatullah alayhi in al isab he relates that umar radiyallahu he said zaid beat me to the two good things 
He beat me in Islam and he beat me to martyrdom. <laughs> so what did he mean? What was Umar? What was his why did he say that? Zayd embraced Islam before Umar. He actually was an early convert. Because he beat me to Islam. And he was martyred in the battle of Yamama against the false prophet Musaylim. So Umar goes, he's beaten me to that as well. That also proves that Umar knew he was going to get martyred. <laughs> Otherwise that statement doesn't make sense. So look how interesting. Umar knew that I'm going to get martyred, but I don't know who's going to get martyred because my brother beat me in both counts. So not, And also he loved his brother too much. The report says that the one who killed his brother, who blessed him with martyrdom, he later embraced Islam again. So obviously he felt embarrassed. He thought, I'm not going to show my face to Amir al-Mu'mineen. So Amir al-Mu'mineen said to him, he goes, you, if you could keep your face away from me, because every time the wind blows from your mama, I remember my brother. <laughs> In other words, he goes, and he's blessed with martyrdom, but he, he remembered him too much, he loved him too much. And also there's another report about Khansa. Khansa. So Khansa, she lost her brother in Jahiliya. And when she lost her brother, she had a great love for her brother. And what she did was, she took his sandals and she put it around, she'd carry it around, around her neck. And she'd go around, walking around with sandals around her neck. So people go, what's the matter with her? And she would then start doing poetry to remembering her brother. Because I'll never forget my brother, you know, he's this and he's that. So what happened? This went on and on and on. One fateful day, Umar radiallahu was doing tawaf. And he sees her. He sees Khansa. So he goes, what's the matter with that woman? So the people said, oh, Amirul Mu'mineen, you know, she loves her brother. And, you know, she... she she can't forget about him. So Umar radiallahu, he, look how interesting. He said that will go with her to her grave. Now what did he mean by that? What he meant was, I can't forget my brother. In other words, how can she forget hers? So Umar radiallahu was indicating that when you lose somebody, the grief never goes. Boy, you have to be careful. Don't say anything, don't do anything to upset Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So anyway, did that woman come around? Yes. She later visited Aisha, the mother of the believers. So she asked, what's this, Khansa? So Khansa goes, oh, my brother, I'll never forget him. So Aisha radiyallahu said, I lost Rasulullah. And she kept saying it, because I lost Rasulullah. So Allah alayhi wa Khansa immediately took the sandals off. She goes, how can I love my brother more than the mother of the believers? Loves her, our beloved messenger. So she came around. Then what happened? <laughs> you know, this is what happens when people get strong in Islam. She was blessed with four sons. Umar is the Khalif. There's a famous battle that's going to take place called the Battle of Qadisiyah. Khansa's four sons are enlisted. So she tells them, she goes, oh, my sons, fight bravely. Don't turn your backs. Just honor the deen of Islam. And don't embarrass me on the day of judgment. So to go a long narrative short, after the first or second day, one of her sons get, is martyred. So somebody asks one of the mujahids, go and tell the mother that one of her sons is martyred. 
So imagine that he's thinking it's easier to fight the Persians. So anyway, he goes and he goes, you know, don't get upset. Have patience. Your son's martyred. So she goes, Inna lillahi wa inna raju. Then in the second, third, fourth day, she loses all her sons. And after she lost all her sons, all she said was, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raju. He goes, Insha'Allah, they will honor me on the day of resurrection. So the people were stunned. They goes, this is the same woman who couldn't forget her brother. Now she's so patient with the loss of four sons. So why have I mentioned all that here? Because Zayd ibn al-Khattab, he was martyred. So who was now the kind of guardian for Abdul Rahman? It was Umar. And Umar later gave his daughter in marriage to his brother's daughter. He never forgot his son. So note, he was a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the touch of Rasulullah What about the sight of our beloved messenger? I mentioned yesterday about Musa in Tabarani in his sabir, our beloved messenger said when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala manifested to Musa meaning he showed his, his majesty his tajalla Musa was able to see an ant on a stone in the darkness of the night at a distance of 10 leagues. So now, what can we take from that? When you have an audience with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are blessed beyond measure. That's what he means. Why should we not find this strange? What did, what is, what did the prophet, uh, what did the salaf say? When you mention the righteous, blessings descend. <laughs> That's a creation. If you're with the Creator, how much blessings are descending? So when Musa saw the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his eyesight became superhuman. Miles and miles he could see an ant. So now, what about our beloved messenger? In Sayyid Bukhari, number 700, Sayyid Muslim, number 644, Sayyidina Abu Huraira, he said, that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu do you see my Qibla as this? By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your state of khushu, humility, and your ruku, your bowing is not hidden from me. I can also see you clearly behind my back. Mm-hmm. So let's look at this. So this is in Bukhari and Muslim. Mm-hmm. So if somebody goes, where is this? Bukhari and Muslim. Meaning is definitely the Prophet said it. <laughs> what did he say? Look at the way he started the clarification. Do you think my Qibla is this? So obviously the Qibla is that way. Mm-hmm. So he's pointing towards this. Because do you think this is my Qibla? So on the face of you, thinking, Yes. He said, by Allah, your state of khushu, stop, is khushu something you can see openly? He goes, your inner state, your inner state of khushu and your bowing is not hidden from me. I can see you behind my back clearly. Note, Humility is a state concealed from the naked eye. Yet, subhanallah, our beloved messenger informed us that he is even aware of this. So now think about this. 
when you pray behind Rasulullah, that's not normal. Don't you think the Sahaba knew this? So imagine you walk in like you do now, yawning and groaning. No way on earth you'll be doing that behind the Prophet Because you know he's going to get angry for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Sahaba, when they came to prayer, they were fully on it. Right? There wasn't any you know, mind wounding this, that, the monafics, not bother about them. But the Sahaba wants to prove this further. The hadith is in Nasai. The Prophet finishes, he's offering salah and he gets muddled in the recitation. So he's reciting and he pauses. Something's troubling him. When he finishes the prayer eventually, he turns around. He said, why do some of you attend prayer and you don't wash your feet properly in wudu? And one of the companions, just a little bit behind his ankle was dry. Somebody goes, hang on a minute. Why did that affect the Prophet? You asking me for? Is that a normal person? Which Imam turns around and he goes, stuck for Allah, brothers. In the fifth South bike, one of you, you know, what were you playing at? Just a stupid scenario. What are you talking about? How does he know that? This is the Prophet, it affected his salat. Was this only in salah? Mujahid Rahmatullah said in Fat al-Bari 1-515 This was his state at all times. It wasn't just in Salat. So when he was talking, for example, I'm talking to Brother Nash now, the Prophet could see behind him. It wasn't just in Salat, he could see behind him. When he was on the battlefield, he could see behind him. That's why, you know, if you think about it, he was the best warrior. Because one of the ways to get to take somebody out is to catch him, you know, off guard. How do you catch the prophet of God? He seen backwards and forwards. That Allah is. Mujahid said at all times. He goes, you were basically naked before. He knew you're in a state. Once a monafiq came to the prophet, the hadith is in Tabarani Sahih, and he said, Ya Rasulullah, Iman is here, and he pointed to his tongue. It's not here. It's not in my heart. So the Prophet said, show me your tongue. And he, with his blessed fingers, he held his tongue and he made a dua. He goes, the, the man then said, by the time he left, let go of my tongue. Because I felt the iman flooding into my heart. Then that's obviously sahaba. Then he said, he goes, Ya Rasulullah, there's other manafiks. So the Prophet said, if they come to me as you came to me, I will do the same. <laughs> Meaning, you have to, the ball's in your court, you have to approach me. <laughs> now imagine that Sahaba probably went to the Munafiks. And they didn't imagine Abdullah bin Yogi, look, just go to him. And he probably went, well, what do I need to go to him for? Astaghfirullah. So note, is his touch normal? You must be a uncloud cuckoo land if you believe that. Imam Suyuti, he also further explained in his Unmudaj Al-Labib Fi Khasa'is Al-Habib A sample of the special characteristics of the beloved for the intelligent page 139 of the New English Translation Imam Suyuti Rahmatullah he said It has been said that he used to have two eyes between his shoulders like needle heads with which he would see without his clothing veiling them from seeing. Nay, 
it has been said that he sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to see with his entire body <laughs> so now let's look at this so imam sayyuti he was a imam of the shafi school some say a mujtahid he wrote many many works one of his works is this work a sample of the special characteristics of rasulullah for the intelligent meaning if you're intelligent you will take from this book if you're thick you want <laughs> and that's exactly the case some people deny this so they think so imam sayyuti he said it has been said now why did he say that when a muhaddith an imam says it has been said it means there's a difference of opinion it has been said that he sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to have two eyes between his shoulders like needle heads so between his shoulders there was two small dots like needle heads he goes and he would see through that and the clothing wouldn't veil it so don't say that oh he had it but the clothing it affect no he goes he would see through the like is that is has been said but then he says nay now why what does that mean it means this is his view nay it has been said that he used to see with his entire body so a person goes how do you see through your hands we were asking before <laughs> you know that's imam sayyuti's you know he favored that this unique sight emanated from his purified and most exalted heart how do we know hafiz ibn hajar asqalani rahmatullahi he said in fath al-bari volume 13 page 410 when jibril alayhi salatu wasalam opened the holy chest of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and washed it with zamzam water Jibril said alayhi salatu wasalam your heart is pure your heart is free from all types of crookedness impurities and defects indeed it has two eyes which see and two ears which hear so let's look at this so rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam his beloved heart was washed Some scholars say a couple of times it was definitely washed. Mm-hmm. What did Jibril say when he washed the heart with zamzam of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? He goes, "It's free from all types of crookedness, impurities, defects." Then look what he said. It's got two eyes, which can see; two ears, which can hear. So this authentic report says his sight. He was using his heart. and he was also had some sort of special hearing with his heart sallallahu alaihi wasallam those our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam would use these blessed eyes and ears of the heart to perceive knowledge of the ghaib those our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam would use these blessed eyes and ears of the heart to perceive knowledge of the ghaib ay the unseen why should we not find this strange because in a very famous report in Tirmidhi ibn Majah Ahmad Mishkat our beloved messenger said sallallahu alaihi wasallam i see that which you cannot see and i hear that which you cannot hear and the hadith continues so the prophet told everyone because you can't see what i see and you can't hear what i hear and then he went on to explain sallallahu alaihi wasallam there is not even a space of four fingers in the heavens 
when there is an angel who is not prostrating worshiping his lord and the heaven is vibrating with their worship kamisiya so when the prophet sallallahu was interacting with us everything ghayb was it was uh, was seen he was seeing everything so imagine we're here in the masjid what can we see the you know, the scene do we believe this kalam al katibin yeah the prophet saw them sallallahu alaihi wasallam do you believe there's over 300 guardian angels yes the prophet saw them sallallahu do you believe there's a kareem with each and every one a jinn yes the prophet saw it do you believe in shaitan yes the prophet saw him nothing was unseen right why because he's a rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam an example to finish so the hadith is in imam ahmad musnad and imam malik muwatta mishkat this man came to abu bakr uh, the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and abu bakr is sitting with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and this man god knows why he started giving grief to abu bakr i have no idea why you are this you are that you are this you are that abu bakr was not not responding just ignoring him but he looks at the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the prophet smiling so abu bakr obviously finds it finds it strange the man is is like you know he's on batteries he's not stopping your this your that your this your that so eventually abu bakr said a few words back when abu bakr said radiyallahu those few words rasulullah got angry and he walked away so abu bakr doesn't even bother interacting with that man he rushes to follow the prophet he goes ya rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam when the man's giving me grief you're smiling when i said a few words back he goes you got angry so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam what did he say he said oh abu bakr there was an angel responding on your behalf that's why i was smiling but when you got angry that angel left shaitan came and rasulullah doesn't sit with shaitan so this is the hadith is there anybody greater than abu bakr siddiq there's some peer on the earth now who's greater than him he got some special powers that they come out with he didn't see the angel he didn't see the shaitan never knew the presence so this is the first thing you know people start coming out with these stories thinking well i don't know about that brother the greatest man of the prophets he didn't see it. and everything the shaykh seeing everything that's the first thing the second thing is rasulullah he saw everything He's smiling because he's not, he's just ignoring the money thinking <laughs> how was that angel defending Abu Bakr we could you couldn't even hear him look he couldn't see him he couldn't hear him Rasulullah saw him and heard him he's smiling but when shaitan came the prophet goes see him off Abu Bakr also and this also shows Abu Bakr is not a prophet he's not masoom he got angry and shaitan came why he must have been a reason for that so not again When you talk about our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam you realize he's in the heavens <laughs> we're literally on the earth the problem is when you think he's on the earth with you <laughs> then there's some serious problems so not again all these things are highlighting his special status with almighty allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are there any questions you have to ask 
سبحان ربي حمدي سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك واشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك واشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك واشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك